0: We thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather,
1: to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is
0: happening in the kitchen,
1: that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm
0: Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. How many cups of coffee do you drink a day? Probably
1: like if, if we were to quantify it into like how many cups is actually in a cup of coffee.
0: Okay, well then you're changing things.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm probably at like four. Is that too many? How, how I feel like it's okay, have so like Everybody's familiar with Starbucks. Everybody probably knows how big a grande is yeah I'm probably at like four of those, but it's I'm not drinking a whole lot of Starbucks anymore. It's like you know, for austerity's sake,
0: yeah yeah, yeah. no I, th- I think that's a great visual. Do you know how many ounces of coffee is in a grande drip? Probably sixteen, I think it's like twelve sixteen twenty, which is I don't know, definitely more than what's typically considered a cup, yeah, I think a cup of coffee is six ounces,
1: right? <laughs> it might be <laughs> like like a glass of wine is a six ounce pour, and that's
0: being generous. Really? That's because you're so Euro. So, Phil, what you're saying is that you're actually drinking more like nine plus cups of coffee a day?
1: Oh, yeah. I guess (laughs) if we're doing the math, then yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. totally going to get kidney stones. (laughs) Yeah. For that very reason, I kind of cut back a little bit. What do you recommend I do? (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) Phil. Just go cold turkey or maybe switch to tea? Honestly... Yeah. Have you watched much of Ted Lasso Season 2?
0: Yes, all the episodes until last night, so we haven't watched
1: that one yet. Sure. There's one part, I think it might have been in Episode 1 or 2 of Season 2, and Boss Lady asks, Kappa, and that's just like a way of saying, would you like a cup of tea? Cuppa. Maybe we should start doing that.
0: Yeah, I know. He has some some great views on tea that I actually don't share. I enjoy tea, and, and in the past, I used to drink too. way too much coffee, and... Maybe more than you currently, Phil. And it started messing with my eyes. They'd like twitch. My eyelids would twitch. What? Yeah. Tea? We're talking about tea? No, 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 no. Coffee. Coffee. Like I drank so much coffee oh. that my eyelids would twitch almost nonstop. I was guessing that was a bad thing. So... Like involuntarily? Yeah. Like constantly twitching. Huh. Like, So tea was my transition. No, oh, good for you. I don't know, maybe we'll be following suit soon over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously we're continuing our coffee series. I think in this one we just wanted to cover how you make it really. Kind of what what are the, the, the main ways that you can extract a beverage from a bean or a seed as we like. Yeah, learned. because
1: brewed coffee can be a lot of different things. You know, watching an old episode of Friends recently. You've seen Friends. Who hasn't seen Friends? Who doesn't love Friends? And they were hanging around Central Perk. And it got me thinking, I wonder if it's called Central Perk because it perks us up. Or if it's named after one of the many ways to brew coffee, which is through a percolator. I'm
0: I'm guessing perk you up. 100%. I, don't know. I like to believe no. in, in the make believe. No. I'm gonna disagree with you. Sorry. Uh a percolator is a f- fine or actually it's really kind of a terrible way of making coffee. It's it's how you make coffee if you're going camping. I would say that there are better ways to make coffee if you're going camping, Phil. Are you
1: kidding me right now? You huh.
0: Interesting. You, why, okay, so um, why
1: why would you use a percolator? Very perked up as to how you can do this. Well, because you can backpack it in, and it's doesn't you know use filters, and you just I don't know throw the grounds in there and go after it.
0: So I think that actually kind of starts to bring up an interesting thing in terms of uh, the broad categories of extraction, like the ways that we extract coffee from the coffee bean. And a percolator, it kind of falls into this like filtration or drip type category. Basically what a percolator is doing is the the water's boiling up and it's creating like a a drip system. You know, I I think a lot of us are, are familiar with just, you know, a normal drip coffee maker when you think of a coffee maker the thing that comes to your mind is the deal that you put a coffee filter in the top put your grounds in you put your water in the back you turn it on and really kind of what that's doing is is something similar to a percolator heating the water and pumping it through a drip system over the grounds so it's kind of dripping onto the grounds and then passing through like a filter into your coffee carafe right that's pretty much pretty much what it's doing yeah
1: that's that's pretty much it and like the image I have in my mind is this really, really dirty coffee pot, which is most often found in either an office. Or grandma's house,
0: yeah, pretty much. That's that's kind of the same thing that a percolator is doing, except a percolator is like recycling that water, so it's it's constantly getting rebrewed and reheated. Honestly, percolated coffee is just not good. I think it's terrible. No, it's pretty <laughs> it's awful, so bad. Yeah, but drip coffee can actually be good depending on your coffee maker. Like I, I would say that the key to good coffee is consistency and. Yeah, you know, it's it's consistent ratios of, of coffee to water, consistent grind size, consistent water temp, consistent time of like brewing or extraction, kind of depending on whatever method you're using. But it's it's kind of being able to control all of those variables and like when you can and, and you kind of figure out what the ideal settings are more or less you can end up with really really fantastic coffee every single time so there are there are drip systems out there that will make a, a great cup of coffee you know if, if we're looking at i think maybe four kind of primary categories of extraction so these these two that we've talked about so far are they fall into the filtration and, and kind of drip methods and then the other big two are, are super super similar but it's uh the chemex system yeah which mm-hmm. i think especially these days most people are probably familiar with have you ever used a chemex fill i've never actually used
1: one i mean i've i've seen it being done. I've probably had a cup of coffee from a but walk us through it. How does that work?
0: Chemex is actually really close to a pour over. They kind of both use the same part of the same mechanism. So with a pour over that, I want to say the V60 was one of the first ones out there. It's a super simple thing. It basically is just a, a holder for a coffee filter. And so you put a coffee filter in that can be either like a paper filter or a metal filter. And you put your grounds in that, and then you literally just pour your water over the top of those grounds. And then it drips through the coffee and is filtered before it enters your cup. And so so the difference between a pour over and a Chemex is that a Chemex more or less has that same pour over mechanism at the top, but it has like a glass beaker that your coffee drips into. The cool thing about the Chemex is you can get them in a fairly large size. So you can make like a honestly I think we had a 10 cup Chemex, which meant that we would make two cups with it. We just split it, and that was our morning.
1: <laughs> Whereas a pour-over is typically just one cup of coffee at a time.
0: Yes. You know, they're they're relatively easy to clean up. They create coffee that has a really nice, clean taste to it. Often, like, you're using paper, so it's going to be filtering out a little bit more of the, the sediment and grit. It can make a really, really great cup of coffee, especially if you're kind of weighing your coffee out, weighing your water out, measuring your temperature. You can make an absolutely fantastic cup of coffee every single morning with a Chemex. Hmm.
1: That sounds fabulous. Folgers lied to us. Yeah, you seem to really like Folgers, don't you, Phil? Like, that's the worst part of waking up. (laughs) There's a better way.
0: I would say that it's better than nothing, but it's not my preference by any means. Although, I might take it over percolated coffee, Phil.
1: What about Starbucks Via? Would you have that over... Folgers, yeah. like a cup of Folgers in an old, dirty, nasty, cloudy glass, yeah,
0: drip. Cleaner. Which actually, uh <laughs> I, think I would too. The Via is is definitely a way that we've done coffee camping, and it's not terrible. Coffee glamping, really. So there are actually these pour-over camping systems. It's more or less like the self-contained pour over system so there's a filter built in it has coffee inside the filter already Hmm. it's pretty fantastic really good coffee out of that so i i would say that the the filtration drip systems are probably what most people are using at home these days it's definitely not where coffee started so go if, if we like took a step backwards in time to a little bit more primitive world in the the coffee consumption space. Honestly, you can make coffee just by putting the grounds into a pot with water and boiling the whole thing. And it's true. But it's actually called cowboy coffee. You can like let the grounds settle once it's done brewing, pour off the top and you've got yourself some not terrible coffee. Could be better. Yeah,
1: and this is kind of how coffee was originally consumed as a as a drink itself. So, it seems like in in our last episode you were asking me if these early coffee shops in the arabian peninsula were serving coffee as a drink or were they actually eating the coffee at the coffee shop and that might seem like <laughs> a silly question but coffee was originally eaten as a tasty little treat to you know perk you
0: up well the goats were eating and it so and
1: the goats were eating it yeah those crazy kids Hmm. So these early coffee shops actually have kind of got their, their roots from specifically Turkey. And from what I can tell, Chris, it was, it was the Turks that actually originally brewed coffee. And, and it was really kind of exactly how, how you explained it. They would take a small little pot and they would roast it over a fire with coffee grounds in it. And, and the grounds weren't grounds that we think of today. They were basically pulverized with a mortar and pestle into a really, really fine powder and then boiled with water. And then that was poured into a a, a cup. That was coffee. But if I'm not mistaken, because it didn't use a filter and the grounds were ultra, ultra fine. And on top of all of that, they were coming from a light Arabica roast from Ethiopia. It was super high in caffeine. So if you have Turkish coffee today, and they're going to use that same method, which I believe is called the Ibrick method, it's going to be jam-packed with the caffeine. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe I should be drinking less coffee, and I should just be drinking more of the Ibrick method. I don't know.
0: Sure. That's probably going to solve all your problems. So the next category of extraction would be steeping, where, kind of like tea... Your, your coffee is completely immersed in the water for a, a period of time and then like pulled out. I would say that the most classic version of this that most people have probably seen done at least once is the French press.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say
0: teabagging. Sure. The, the, the French press is uh, a, a very, very classic method of coffee extraction. It's basically like a, a glass... Vessel. It's like a tall beaker. Yeah. It's
1: like a tall, thick, thickly beaker.
0: Yep, sure. Thick. Yes. You put your coffee grounds into that and then pour your water straight into the coffee grounds. You let it sit for a set amount of time. And then it has this, this plunger that has a filter, like a metal mesh filter on it, and you plunge that, it pushes all the grounds to the bottom, you're left with coffee at the top. I think it's really good. Can definitely be on the more full-bodied, bold side. And because because you're using a metal filter, you get some sediment and a lot of oils from the coffee aren't filtered out. So that makes the coffee feel more and taste like more full-bodied and rich. But you do have that little bit of sediment at the bottom of your cup when you're done.
1: Do you think then French press coffee should be made with a darker, full-bodied, more full-bodied bean like
0: a French roast?
1: I don't know if I prefer. I mean, that. If you want
0: to get the most out of it, no, I, I'm not entirely sure. I, I don't know if I would prefer that. It, it might be the case that that's like too much, and because it's going to bring out different elements of a coffee, like it could be just fine using a lighter roast, and you'll you'll get something okay. that's a little bit more interesting.
1: I mean, of all the cups that I've made in my adult life, French press would definitely be at the top. I think the light roast works best in the French press because. A darker roast almost it's almost like it extracts it too much like you really have to play around it's 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 so hard to get the balance right there's just a lot of factors in it and changing up the roast changes everything
0: yeah it does kind of come back to that that idea of consistency and being able to consistently repeat something kind of means being able to measure it so we've actually had a quick tip on kitchen scales and I use mine every single day for our coffee.
1: Yeah, if you're gonna weigh
0: anything, weigh your coffee beans. And your water. I would say weigh them both. Really? I've never thought of that. A hundred percent every time measure the the amount of coffee that I'm putting in and then the amount of water that I'm putting in. So
1: fascinating.
0: So that that kinda that's kinda the idea behind steeping coffee. And that kinda brings us to our I guess our fourth and final method of extraction. And that's primarily through pressure so mm-hmm. the mocha pot is super interesting have you ever used one Hmm.
1: have i ever used one i always want to sound like i'm cooler than i am no i've never used one but i think they're cool yeah i think they're fun to look at yeah I, I, know I think they- the concept is cool
0: they are they're, they're super cool so high, high amounts of pressure are definitely a really great way to extract coffee you can do it quickly and you can actually get bolder and sweeter coffee through these extraction methods bitterness can come from like over extraction and length of time so like a, that's kind of why a percolator can absolutely suck cuz you're more or less like brewing your coffee over and over and over and over and a mocha pot might kind of look a little bit like a percolator, but it's it's not exactly. It's like this Italian thing. It, you kind of almost like have a pressure cooker thing going on there's it's safe there are pressure relief valves on it but more or less you put your grounds in in the pot put water in it and put it straight on your stove the whole thing sits on your stove it boils and then the 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 hot water like is passed through the coffee grinds you get something that is often compared to espresso although it's not 100 percent quite the same it's, it's very, very full bodied like an espresso, but it isn't made at the same high pressures that an espresso is made at. And so I think one, one of the big things that it's missing is like that that crema on the top. It's something that's easy to use at home, but it, it, it creates a, a close facsimile to espresso.
1: It's basically like espresso, but with an instapot.
0: Sure, kind of. It's close. It's it's close enough, and and it has its own really interesting characteristics. Which I mean, since we're talking about espresso, basically, you know, espresso machines use a really high amount of pressure. So I don't I don't remember pressures exactly, but I want to say it's like six hundred plus psi. That's a lot of pressure. Definitely a lot of pressure. And you know, espresso shots are pulled relatively quickly. So it's not like it's sitting around brewing for a long amount of time. It's just high pressure that's pushing water through very fine and tightly packed grounds. Okay, so that kind of hits the four major categories. There is one other type of coffee maker that falls under this pressure category, Phil, and that's the Aeropress. The Aeropress. This is a pretty cool little thing. Yeah, so again, like, do you guys have an Aeropress?
1: No, we do not, Chris. We're primitive.
0: Yeah, when, when we were talking, when you mentioned camping, the Aeropress is absolutely perfect for something like that. If we're just going to talk about the design of an AeroPress, it's more or less like a giant... It's kind of like a giant syringe in a way.
1: Yeah, that's a good way like of, to a describe it. A giant, it a giant syringe
0: without the needle portion. And without you, the drugs. Yeah. Well, no that's the whole entire point of it.
1: Yeah, I mean that's coffee, sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: basically you have this like cylinder and then you have a plunger that goes into it. There's there's a filter that screws onto the bottom of the kind of outer cylinder. More or less like where you would put a needle in a, a syringe, I suppose. Your your coffee there is there is an element of steeping that goes on because your coffee is in direct contact with with the water, but you also press with that plunger the coffee through the filter so you're creating pressure. I think one of the interesting things about an AeroPress is the versatility that it has. You know, there's it's kind of crazy the cult following that this thing has. There are so many different websites dedicated to AeroPress recipes. You can get something that's kind of similar to an espresso from an AeroPress as well. And then you can also get just like a normal like really good cup of what you would think of as like a drip style coffee i do think that the AeroPress is currently like one of my favorite ways of making coffee so i would say like in the pressure category for me it's the AeroPress. steeping it's really hard to beat a french press filtration i do really like the chemex and if you can ever get a good turkish coffee that's hands down amazing
1: yeah it's so delicious it's actually not that hard to make though I mean, you got to play around with it, obviously. What a great topic. I just have one question. Okay. If you're going to take an AeroPress camping and you don't Instagram it, really, what's the point, you know? I feel like you're only doing it to show off. It's good coffee, Phil. It's delicious It's better than Folgers. Oh, man. The worst part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Oh.